you never knew the reasons why you couldn't use it um so I feel like it's very important to to do your to do your own research to you know put in the hard work um to put in the long hours and it, it'll show in the future you know you'll get there you're listening to the Gangstar Creative Podcast, where we talk and share real strategies, real tactics, and real stories from me and my badass guests to help Gangstar creatives and artists like you thrive in both your business and life. And I'm your host, Ivana. I'm an artist, creative entrepreneur, speaker, and best-selling author. Are you ready to annihilate the status quo of the starving artist? If so, let's get it! What's up, Gangstars? It's your girl, Devana, and this week's Gangstar is Sarai Garcia, and she is the CEO, founder, and designer behind The Nail Shop by SB, which is an online boutique that designs and creates luxury press-on nails. With over 100K-plus followers on Instagram, she has been able to take her love for designing nails and turn it into a thriving and successful dream business. Some of her Gangstar accomplishments include being able to work full-time in her business with her husband and family, surpassing six figures in revenue, being featured in Billboard's Christmas catalog and recently being featured in Allure magazine. I'm super excited to share this episode with you guys because we dive deep into the behind the scenes of her business, how she creates her nails, what got her started, and all the things. So let's go ahead and just dive on into the episode. All right, gang stars, I'm super excited for our guest this week. She is super creative, super talented. She creates these wonderful press on nails. And um, we've actually been like following each other on Instagram. I don't remember exactly how we got (laughs) originally connected. Um, And then we got to meet in person at uh, an event that we both were at. But girl, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and speak to the Gangstar Creative listeners. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here to finally yeah. be able to, you know, chat with you. Yeah, I know. Um, so first, if you could just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, who are you? Take us on a journey of where you started and where are you today? Of course. So um, again, yes, my name is Sarai. I am the owner and designer of um, the nail shop by Aspie. Um, I make luxury press on nails, anything from simple one color designs to full on bling extravagant nails. Um, how I started, um, well, I have been designing kind of nails, simple stuff <laughs> since middle school. Um, oh, wow. It started off just, um, you know, wanting to do the very popular French tip. Um, and, uh, from there, I know, I don't know if you remember, there was very popular, like a five dotted petal flower on the like yes. side <laughs> of the friendship. Um, so <laughs> YouTube was up and coming, um, and I was able to look up different designs and it just started from wanting tips to perfect the French tip to, um, finding amazing artists and just, um, trying to recreate their work on a weekly basis. Um, mm. so I would just change up my designs. It was all, um, just on me and just nail polish. And, um, that continued, um, up until high school. And, um, afterwards, uh, I, I got like any other person, a regular job. Um, it started as a side hustle. I thought, you know, the only way to be in the nail industry was the, you know, well-known acrylic route and -hmm. putting on nails that way. Um, but I, I noticed really early on that 
it would just frustrate me because um, the acrylic process is very time consuming and yes. it's, you know, you have to perfect it. And I just wanted to focus on the design. Like that was my main passion. And mm-hmm. I, I was really frustrated. I was trying to build my clientele. Um, but another thing I found was that a lot of people didn't want to get extravagant nails or those, you know, really on trend techniques or new designs or even pay for it. So um, mm. I started off by just complaining to my then boyfriend, now husband, that um, I didn't have enough hands, that if I could just have hands, that's all I needed because I would practice on practice hands. I don't know if you've seen those, but yeah. They're very wide. They're very finicky. They're not like an actual like person's hand. So <laughs> I, would, I would, you know, like get the acrylic right on that hand, but it was so much wider that then when I got to a person's hand, it was, it was completely different. So I would complain to him, if I could just have hands, like I just want to practice. I just want to do the designs. And it kind of dawned on me that I actually followed a couple people as nail inspiration that were actually press on nails and I didn't even realize it. And um, yeah, it kind of dawned on me and I said, you know what, like that's the answer and I can do it. And it started from there and now I'm where I'm at and it's all just crazy to look back. Oh, wow. That is such a cool journey that you shared. Um, so you started, you made that transition from like, I guess your typical nail tech doing like the acrylic and going into the press-ons. Was that like, how long before, uh, how long were you working as, as like your traditional like nail tech before you made that tra- uh, transition into the press-ons? So um, in high school, I did start off um, with a little like course and I didn't go on with it. I was kind of teaching the teacher with design. So I didn't, uh, I wasn't as passionate about it. I said, no, this isn't for me. Then I tried again, um, maybe in 2015, 2016. And I did it for about a year where I was just not super um, passionate about it. I was, um, you know, I was putting myself out there, but um, not, I wasn't, putting in as much effort. I would say I was just, you know, I had cards. If someone asked, I I made sure I had my nails. um, And that's kind of how it went. Um, But it was in about 2017 that I started um, with press on nails. And from the time that it kind of clicked to the time I started, I was doing a lot of research. I was just trying Mm -hmm. to find all the materials. I think it took me about three three to four months from the time that it finally clicked to having a base kit of what I believed I needed and starting (laughs) from there. Gotcha. So were you working any other like jobs or part-time jobs while you're trying to make this transition into creating these custom press-on nails? And if so, what, how long did it take before you like were able to transition into your business full-time? Um, so yes, I, um, from, you know, the time that I was trying to do acrylics to, um, when I was doing press-ons, I always had a, uh, full-time office job. I was a paralegal in a law firm. Um, mm. so I had, yeah, nine Not very five. creative. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Um, and I, you know, I was good at it, but obviously no, it was not my passion. I knew, always knew I'd. I didn't want to end up there. I didn't want to do that um, my whole life. Um, and 
from 2017, I, I believe I, it was just last year that I um, finally made the full-time transition into doing press on nails full-time. And if I'm honest, it might not, you know, someone else looking in, it was probably not the right time, but it was the right time for me. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Well, congrats for being able to make that transition. Um, I know that must have been exciting for you to be able to do that last year. It was, but um, if I had to say something, it was that it was also very scary. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't what was it that scared you? Um, well, like I said, if someone was looking in, it was just not the right time. You know, I probably wasn't um, had enough customers or sales as like, mm. you know, I was listening to all these podcasts and what they would say was the ideal time and um, other people's experiences. And that was just not my case. But I was just I found myself only thinking about my side hustle at work and I could just not focus, obviously. I was getting my work done. I was doing what I had to do at work, but my mind was just, when am I going to get out? I have all these orders to do. Um, I want to get home and start doing a new design. Like that's all I could think about. So <laughs> it was time. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally feel that pain. And I remember like with me, I used to work at, as a waitress in the restaurant industry. And I remember just rolling sil silverware, like vividly, just rolling silverware, just being like, oh, I can't wait till I can't work for myself full time, you know? Mm -hmm. And like even my husband, he worked in corporate and like he, he you know, had a desk and a cubicle and he would actually work on the business that we were work like creating at the time at work, even though mm -hmm. <laughs> you're not supposed to do that, you know? So I totally understand how that feels. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners can, can definitely relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you made this transition. How, what were some ways in the beginning that, um, what were some things that you did in the beginning to grow your business um, and to get more of the clientele? Um, well, for me, it has always been social media that has been a huge part of my business. Obviously, it has started off really, really small, and um, I felt like, you know, it was baby steps towards certain goals, um, but it, it, Instagram more specifically has been, has brought a large portion of my customers, and it just has been trying to educate myself in different tips, you know, using stories when that came out, showing my face, um, mm. showing behind the scenes, being consistent, you know, the typical post at a certain time every single day, um, and just trying different things out where that I was listening and hearing from either YouTube or podcasts and just seeing what worked for me and continuously trying to um, do more or get better at that part or answer um, in a timely manner or, you know, interact with the, the, um, the followers I had. Mm, I love that. And I think what's an, an important takeaway from what you're saying too, for those that are listening is like, you didn't just kind of rely on the platform itself to like work its magic. You mm -hmm. took the time to educate yourself. You sought out information from videos and podcasts. I mean, like YouTube, you know, jokingly, it's like YouTube university. Like mm -hmm. that's where everything <laughs> you can learn that you need to know as far as um, growing your business. So that's yeah. really cool. That I mean, there was a point where um, 
because I couldn't focus as much from work and um, I was trying to, um, I had an issue with like driving for a little bit. So I had to go in traffic um, morning and the afternoon because I worked in downtown or different other places while I was still doing the side hustle. So for me, um, podcast was what got me through it because I could listen mm-hmm. to the podcast. I could focus on it to and from work. Um, I was basically listening to them all day. I had headphones on at work. It was all business um, and just trying to soak everything in. It's it's really important. Um, even when you don't think that the podcast is, you know, directly um, like you can kind of, it's, it's your business. It's the same business because I listen to a lot of product-based podcasts, which normally they're like stationary or they're not really handmade. So, but I just try to tweak what they said and try to implement mm-hmm. It in some way into my business and, and you know see if it worked no I love that and I always encourage people like to seek out information education listen to different podcasts and videos even if it's like not in your niche or related to mm-hmm. like your interest or business because you can take away so many different like things um, it's kind of like there's a book called um blue ocean strategy and it's like you you take a look at what everybody else is doing in your industry or even outside your industry you you write you make note of all the things that you like and all the things that you don't like and then you mm-hmm. come to, and think about all the things that there nobody's doing that you want to implement and you kind of like compile them together to make your uh, essentially what's called like your blue ocean mm-hmm. um and so i think that's really cool that even you know you were able to see that and take what um other people were saying and be able to implement that into your business. Yeah. And a big tip I would also say is re-listen to them because I know that, you know, your business is growing, you're in different stages. So I know that I've re-listened. A good example is um, a podcast for product base and it was regarding email marketing. And the first time I listened to it, I wasn't there yet. And I didn't catch Mm -hmm. everything that they said. And but I jotted it down and I knew that someday, you know, maybe I was going to be there and I was going to need it. Well, when the time came and I was trying to set up my email marketing, I went back to that podcast and re-listened and took notes and recaptured a lot of the information that just went right by me the first time. Mm, I love that. That's so important too. Like we're, we're always in all different stages of our, our business. And I can say that, you know, for the same for um, myself too. I know that there's times where, and when I was younger, like I was maybe like a few years ago when I say younger, like when we were first starting (laughs) our business um, and like learning from people and listening to podcasts. And I know that if I were to probably listen to some of that stuff right now, it would resonate so differently either. Like, oh, like now I know what they were talking mm-hmm. about because I went through it. Or it's like, oh, like I can actually now implement that into my business too. So yes. I think that's a really important piece. Um, so for someone who has obviously been educated on social media and you've obviously been using that as your main source of uh, attracting and gaining clients and keeping obviously recurring clients, What are some tips you can give to the listeners um, that maybe haven't really figured out like what works on social media Mm -hmm. um, as far as promoting their product or their service? I would say, you know, the typical really good pictures. Um, I personally saw a huge difference when I got the better phone. It doesn't have to be a camera, just a better phone, or but even better lighting, um, investing a little bit. I know that at first I invested everything back. I made a list of what would help improve, you know, my photos or my product. Um, 
So definitely pictures. Um, it could start as low as, you know, 20 bucks for lighting, better lighting, or smaller things at the scale that you're at. Um, and if you go way back, I had some dark pictures. Yeah, I, I even cringe <laughs> when I look back, but you start somewhere and just don't be afraid to, if, if that's all you have now, just work towards, um, you know, improving it in the future. Um, so photos, um, angles and um, just, uh, you know, always reinvesting into your business and just working on your, your techniques. I know that um, I have grown, again, if you see way back, they're more simple. Um, they're not <laughs> as intricate as they are now. Um, and um, with social media, I would also say um, to match, to have an aesthetic as well. Um, I know that for the longest I had like a marble background and that's all you saw. Well, with the static, it could be, you know, it's always the same background, but I've also had a lot of um, positive feedback with um, hand pictures instead of box pictures and then different um, backgrounds, just like nature ones. Sometimes it's mm -hmm. marble. Um, so I've played around with it and just, you know, see what's in your niche, what works, test it out. It may not be for you, um, but you at least tried it and you saw, you know, if it worked. Um, I would also recommend posting at the same time and being really consistent. I saw the most, the more, um, the most growth when I was, um, you know, posting consistently at the same time. People knew when they could expect something from me. Um, I would also say, don't be afraid to use all the tools, use the video, not just pictures. Um, mm. I, I have seen that my videos do really well. They do better than my just, you know, stagnant picture. Um, it may not be for your business, for your business, maybe a picture will do, but try it out. You, you won't know. And there's the the um, different um, methods of, you know, tracking it. So there is the back end where you could see the views, you could see um, mm -hmm. how long it took them to exit out, it's different things that will help you understand if it worked or, or, you know, if you continue doing it. Um, and then I also think that just using all the tools available, if Instagram is your platform on Instagram, I know for the longest, I didn't touch stories. And that has been mm -hmm. something that has driven my business because they see a more raw, um, you know, behind the scenes or even e a perfect example is even when I was using stories now, I wasn't really showing behind the scenes. I wasn't really showing my face. And um, that also has impacted my business where they could directly um, see a face to the business. And I know there's a lot of controversy on <laughs> whether or not to do that, but um, <laughs> for my business in particular, it definitely has helped. So um, just use all the tools, particular in stories, you know, there's all those different, you know, location and tags and just mm -hmm. so much that you can use that um, if you kind of uh, make it, you know, if you try to use um, a lot of them, it's just going to show Instagram that you are using all the tools available, that you're interacting. Um, and I think that's, that's all the tips I have that have personally helped me um, with my social media and growing it. I love that. Um... It's funny that you bring up like it's controversial, like whether you should show your face. And I'm so happy that like you started to do that and you've actually seen positive um, result from doing that because, you know, people connect with people. People mm -hmm. want to see who's behind the business, especially if it's like 
an artistic type of business. Like you're the artist, you're the creator, you're the mind. And then you never know like who you're inspiring and who you're impacting. And like people want to see your face and connect with you, the actual like mm-hmm. human behind, you know, what they see on the, on social media. Yeah, definitely. I know that for the longest I held off and I, I really did see a positive, really positive feedback as soon as I did do that. Like a lot of, you know, DMs like, oh my God, I finally know who you are or <laughs> it's not just your voice. Um, I know that it definitely takes a lot of strength and confidence to do it. Um, but once you do it, it gets easier and the feedback that you get is so positive that you just, you know, you want to continue to do it. Yes, for sure. So what are some things that you do to nurture your current clientele? So when I say nurture for uh, people that are listening, just like, you know, like nurturing them, like caring for them, showing up for them, um, doing things to keep them engaged, doing things to keep them as recurring customers. So what what kinds of things do you do to do that? And I'm also curious to know, um, like, do you know, like the percentage of your Uh, I guess, sales that are recurring customers? I don't know that exact um, number right now, but I do know that there, you know, um, there is a lot of recurring customers. A lot of my sales do come from that. Um, And the way that I do it is, um, for example, for the reoccurring ones, it's also just like, you know, notes or making sure that I'm top of um, their their DMs or their emails. Um, And it's also a lot to do with new designs, always keeping something fresh. Um, Because for them, they already went through my website. They may be have a list of the ones that you know caught their eye apart from the sets that they may have bought um but i always see them come back faster as soon as i post that i have something new um Mm. so i do think that having something new definitely helps and just um you know keeping up with the seasons and things like that. Um, but I also try to do um, sales here and there or quick like emails. I've seen a lot of positive feedback when I implemented um, a email marketing service called Clavio. Um, and with that, I haven't actually like done a lot of last emails, but I have done a lot of um, uh, content where when they purchase, it gives them a little note. It tells them about me. Um, when they repurchase their reoccurring customer, it gives them a coupon coupon code or it tells them like thank you so much for trusting my business again just Mm. little things like that that I've even some people have even responded to that email even though it's automated um and (laughs) they've been like thank you so much this means so much to me like thank you for taking the time so it it goes a long way even though I haven't had the time to actually use Clavia as like blasting you know new designs or things things like that but it has um just little little things like that 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 have shown them that I am human and that I am behind this business um, have have gone a long way with with customers. No, that that's so cool, and it's really awesome that you you share all those things. And I think it's important to know, you know, like your customers because they are human. They and if they are loyal, you know, reoccurring customers, like they love the exclusivity of knowing mm-hmm. like when your sales are knowing that you care or even like, I don't know if you do this, but I know some people do or give um, them like uh, early access, like exclusive early access to maybe releases that you do. And those are like those little things that you can consider and think about. Um, I know a couple other people 
who have like VIP member programs, you know, where if you're like a VIP member, you can pay like whatever, something, a certain amount of money a month um, to be in this group. Or it's just like, if you sign up for it, like you get all the early access information um, to whatever your new releases are. So that's really cool. Yeah, I definitely have a newsletter and um, I do use it for that too, to let them know ahead of time that something's coming, that a sale is coming um, or coupon codes. Um, I also do something that I, I heard early on from a podcast was that, you know, just something as simple as a postcard on all, every single one of your orders with a coupon code that allows them to come back. So that coupon code has been amazing just from reoccurring customers that have received it and um, used it. So, um, and it's, it's, you know, before when I had time, it had a, a, a handwritten note in back of every single one of them. Wow. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I definitely cannot keep up with that. So, you know, even, and I've seen the same amount of feedback from a handwritten note than I did from just the postcard. Obviously, they thought it was cute, the people who actually messaged me or said something. Um, mm -hmm. But the coupon code has been used just as much or if not more. So if you're not able to do those um, really specific things or write on every single one, you know, just having that postcard goes a long way. For sure. So for someone who um, creates, you know, these custom luxury press-on nails, there's many other people who do that as well. What do you think it is about you or your um, brand and business that makes you different from everybody else? And what would you recommend to the listener who's kind of having trouble standing out? Um, yeah, so I think that what makes me different is obviously every single one of us has our own unique style um, and just trying to hone on that. I obviously didn't start that way. You know, I, I had to get inspiration um, or I had to draw from different materials in order to be able to make a new design. But I really would say try to stay away from, you know, inspired by as much as trying to make your own to create that unique style. Um, mm -hmm. And I, um, you know, also what helps me stand out is just doing things a little bit different. For example, um, there is, I have a lot of single color designs and I didn't always do that just because it does take a lot of time to make the sample, to do a hand picture, to do each listing for it. But um, the norm in the press on nails was to do kind of like a color wheel and then let a customer select from a single listing. And for mm. me, I saw that when I did do that, it was that customers were getting confused or they weren't selecting what they wanted. Um, it wasn't personal. They couldn't see how it looked on a, on a certain skin tone or a hand or get an idea for the shape. Um, so I decided to start off small and it has helped me a lot. I sell a lot of single color nails and um, I think that that directly has to do with the fact that even though it takes me more time I do a single listing for every single one and a hand picture for every single one um, and another big thing is my um, the, the fact that I offer free sizing kits um, with a purchase so a customer is able to confidently purchase knowing that you know a sizing kit is going to be sent prior to their order and they will know mm. that they didn't waste their, their money on um, a set of nails. So that is something that has been huge in my business and has helped me gain a lot of new followers um, or new customers um, and um, for them to be able to buy again confidently. 
That's awesome. Um, I love that you do that where you're like sending the the sizing um, kit prior to, um, and I'm sure that makes them trust in you and your business even more because that's just another thing that shows that you actually care about them and, you know, making sure they're happy and satisfied with the craft and the nails that you're going to be delivering them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you feel like was your turning point where like you feel like you were successful in this business? And I know like with the pandemic, um, a lot, you couldn't go to the nail salon. So I know that your business probably really blew up a lot more too over the past few months because people Mm -hmm. want their nails done. And I'm sure you got a lot of orders, um, which is also a big reason why it took so long for us to Mm -hmm. finally have this call. Um, So I'm curious to know if um, like one, if there was like a moment where like something happened that catapulted your business or um, also like how has the pandemic itself um, catapulted your business and what that experience has been like? Mm -hmm. So um, turning point, I would say that even though I wasn't, you know, quote unquote, completely prepared when I left my, my full time job, I feel like because I was able to focus so heavily on heavily on my business, um, I was able to do a lot more, everything that had been on my to do list, and I could just never get to I was able to implement and it took a couple months, I'm not saying that it was immediate. Um, It did (laughs) take me a couple of like, am I sure I'm doing the right thing? Should I go back? Um, But I stuck with it and it did take a couple months, but I did see a huge improvement in sales and customers um, because I had a lot more time to create, to be more active, to be present, um, to get orders out faster, things like that. And it just all piled up to eventually helping my business grow. And that has just continued. The more active I am on social media, um, the more I put myself out there. It has been where I see the most um, sales and just direct correlation to, um, you know, people buying. Um, Mm -hmm. And regarding the pandemic, yes, it has been both. Um, It has been overwhelming, exciting, and, uh, you know, frustrating at times just because um, it's such a high demand because, like you mentioned, just nail salons being closed, that it just comes in just moments and you just don't even, you, you can't be prepared for it. Yeah. So obviously no one knows when something like that's going to happen. And you just have to try to accommodate everyone as best you can. And and it it has definitely been hard, but also rewarding. So (laughs) yeah, I bet. That's so awesome. What is your process like when someone buys a set of nails? What does that look like? Yeah, so um, they start off by um, when they purchase, I I get the notification and um, I use a system called Trello, um, mm-hmm. which just allows me to organize everything and put due <laughs> dates and um, I have a processing period. So I have to be aware of when something is due and when I have to get certain sets done by. So that's the platform that I use is Trello. So as soon as someone buys, it gets calendared with the due date, with all the information I need. So I don't have to go back and forth um, to shop. I use Shopify as a platform for my website. So to Shopify, um, to constantly try to pull up that order number or that that information. Mm. So it's easily accessible to me in just one app. And I open up and every, every set that I need to fulfill is there. Um, from there, it just... Um, 
I when, when I get to that site, um, it, I just kind of look at up what, what design they ordered, um, get all the materials for it and make it, and then it gets packaged um, with all the different things that we have in an order, like the postcard, a prep kit to just be able to put on your nails, um, any extras that a customer may have ordered, and then it, get, it gets shipped out. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, it must be crazy. Hey, Gangstar. Sorry to interrupt, but if you're enjoying this episode so far, stop what you're doing right now and share this podcast with your friends on social media or text it to a friend in your contacts. If you're a true Gangstar and want to uplift and empower other creatives like I know you do, you're going to want to take a few seconds to do this now. Go ahead and pick your phone back up or click that browser tab that you're playing this episode in. Hit that pause button and share it now. Hello, what are you waiting for? <laughs> All right, thank you for doing that. Now let's get back to the show. Well, like how long, how long would you say that process takes or you try to aim for from the, the moment that someone purchases mm -hmm. something? So um, before it was about seven to 10 business days was what we had. Um, now with the pandemic and everything mm -hmm. and the high demand, we had to move it and push it back to like in between two to four weeks. So people are waiting a while for their nails and I'm so grateful that they are patient <laughs> and, you know, decide to go with us, even though it is a longer wait. Oh, that's awesome. I'm curious to know also what's with a business that like yours, where obviously you have tons of packages that you're, you're sending out, what does the shipping process look like and how have you kind of, I guess, mastered it to make it easy and seamless? Um, it's crazy. <laughs> shipping days are definitely crazy here. I don't have a house anymore. It's more like a warehouse. Um, oh, wow. Boxes are everywhere. <laughs> um, and with the pandemic, I've had to, you know, call in family and friends. And I, you know, it's both, I'm both lucky and it sucks, you know, that the, some of the family members were laid off because of a pandemic, but mm -hmm. it has also helped me because before I was doing everything with the occasional, you know, hubby help <laughs> after work oh, wow. and things like that. Uh, but uh, because of this, you know, they were available and um, I have been able to count on them. So I have had to deal with both the pandemic and having sort of family employees um mm -hmm. so uh what it looks like is we have a whole bunch of post office bins um we kind of get all the orders into gold envelopes which um we have it as like the gold envelope has the order number and it has an invoice so that we know where to put it what what has to go in that package for it to be fulfilled um mm -hmm. and then we kind of put them in order we in these um we lay out all these post office boxes all over the living room um living room and we have to put them in order um once everything that package has is in that gold envelope um we then go to shopify and start printing out labels um and then we um, close them all up after everything is printed. So it is it is a crazy process. Um, my living room looks insane whenever we have shipping <laughs> days. And um, after that, I, I bet it looks even funnier when we go to the post office because we have 
you know, 10, eight to 10 tubs of um, packages that we have to get <laughs> in. And even worse that I have a little green fee on. So can you imagine it all packed and trying to get everything wow. out? <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's crazy. So funny. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I definitely love our mailman and mailwoman because they, they are awesome. They wait for us. Um, they're, they're waiting for us every day. Um, they've been awesome. That's so cool. So you actually take everything to the post office yourself. You don't have it like scheduled for pickup or anything like that. So I know, and I've heard about that. Um, and I personally live like literally four to five minutes from the post office that we take it to. Mm. Um, and I have chosen not to do it because of the interaction I have with my male people. Oh, <laughs> um, that's so cool. Yeah. And because um, we know that they get points for every package that they have there. Um, so we choose to take it to them so that they don't close them down. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so awesome supporting the, the USPS. And yeah. <laughs> I love that you're building that relationship with them too. So that's really cool. Thanks for sharing um, mm -hmm. that process and that insight. I know you have said like you now, before you're doing everything yourself, but now you basically have a team made up of your friends and family members. So how many people now do you currently have on your team? And like, what are their roles um, that help make your business run smoothly and run success successfully? Mm -hmm. So now it is myself, um, my husband, um, and my two brothers and the occasional cousin here and there. <laughs> um, so um, myself, I focus on or I try to focus fully on designs so that I don't have to, you know, put my attention to anything else. Um, mm -hmm and that we could get things out the door. Um, my husband has actually learned how to do some of the designs, so he helps me out with that. But he That's also, cool. Yeah, <laughs> so he, but he also helps me out with um, anything that needs to get done. You know, if packaging needs help, then he goes with that. If it's emails, if it's, uh, you know, customer service, anything like that, or if it's, you know, handling all the boxes that are in the living room. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then my, um, my brothers, they help me out with customer service and just organizing like we have certain processes that we um, put into place when they started working for me to be able to um, for it to run most smoothly like for example before we we just wrote the order number on a, the gold mailer well now we actually print out the invoice so that we don't miss anything and it's already inside that gold mm -hmm. mailer so things like that, that might have taken us a little bit longer. Um, we have a filing system for the gold mailers so that we can find them, just certain things like that, that they have implemented. Um, and so they help with packaging on, on shipping dates and they help with customer service and just, you know, keeping the website up to date. They, they wear a lot of hats. <laughs> oh, I love that. Is it um, hard working with family because you know you have some people it's like don't mix business with mm -hmm. your family or friends but I know there's some stories where sometimes it does work so what have you found so far um, <laughs> so at first it, it was a little bit of a different dynamic especially when my husband started working with me from home um mm -hmm. <laughs> we definitely butted heads a little bit here and there um but <laughs> but we had worked together um kind of before in a law firm where we had, we worked for the same person, but we had alternating days. Um, so mm -hmm. we kind of, we weren't necessarily in the same room, but we had to kind of work together to make sure that certain things got done for that attorney. 
Um, so we had done that in the past um, and it, it was a little bit of different dynamic, but it, it works out. And then um, for my brothers, um, I have a pretty good relationship with them um, and it, it wasn't that hard of a transition. And I have, I think it helps that I have a two story um, house. So I'm able to, my studio's upstairs. So I'm able to be mm -hmm. upstairs and they're downstairs so that um, we're not all in the same vicinity. I mean, we're in the same <laughs> house, but <laughs> right. um, so that kind of helps. I mean, it is a lot of calls or, you know, Sara this, hey, do that. Um, but a little bit of yelling here and there to get someone's attention. But um, it, it definitely has worked out. I'm lucky that we haven't had any fights yet <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so good that's so good to hear does your husband still uh have his own job or has he kind of jumped in full-time with you to work on this business he's actually fully jumped into the business so um that's awesome we, yeah we, it, we are lucky it's able to support everyone and um <laughs> you know it, the pandemic sucks that everything that it's doing around the world but it definitely has helped my business grow and um for me to be able to sustain um part of my family even though they got laid off yeah that's so amazing congrats on that i know that's like a goal for people when they you know start their business they want to be able to you know bring their husband in on it or you know like have this be like the the family business or like the the key thing um that's mm -hmm. giving you freedom and you know ownership in the business so that's awesome congrats thank you thank you <laughs> yeah so what is um your method for pricing your nail sets um so i have um in the beginning it was a lot of comparing um trying to see mm. what was out there um you know, what was the norm? I knew early on that I wanted my brand to be luxury. When with that um, in my head, it was that I was going to do a lot more of bling nails and extravagant nails because that's what I was more like drawn to. That's what I love doing. Um, so I priced my sets, even though at the beginning, you know, a lot of people tell you, hey, price it lower and then go up. I started at an average price point slash high price point um, because mm -hmm. I knew that where I wanted to be in the future. And it was going to be a lot harder to get customers that were, you know, uh, used to paying a lower price point to pay a higher one when I was ready. Um, so I, I definitely just kind of compared and, um, you know, knew where I wanted to be. Um, but from there now, I um, have a base price for all um, basics designs or just single colors. And I mm -hmm. go from there just depending on time, materials, and how intricate a set is. And then mm -hmm. um, I have a set increase for lengths. So my prices do go up by length just because there's more materials involved, more time involved, the longer a nail is. Mm. So what does that um, price range go from? So like from your basic sets to like the most, I don't know, uh, luxurious mm -hmm. set. <laughs> um, set. So basics, I'll start at $20. So for any short um, length, um, and then they go up to about 35 or 45, depending on the length that you select within that um, basic um, color. Um, and then, so it's from 20 to some of my most extravagant sets are upwards of $100. 
Wow. That's awesome. That's really cool. And really cool insight. Cause I had no idea of anything about like this industry and there's so many <laughs> different people that do, you know, similar things to you, to what you do, but it's really cool to kind of see that behind the scenes and get that insight on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, so knowing that, uh, you have had pretty successful growth in your business and you've been able to bring like your husband on, I'm curious to know, and if you're open to sharing, like, have you reached like your revenue goals that you've had for your business like this year, or even last year? Like, are you, I'm assuming you're, you've reached like the six figure mark at least um, in sales. I'm curious to know if like you've reached those type of goals yet. I definitely have. And it's insane because I, you know, it's really hard. I feel in general as entrepreneurs and as artists to really believe in your craft and believe that, mm-hmm. you know, you'll get there someday. And I, I had big dreams, but I never imagined I was going to reach them this fast. It was always like, you know, two years, you know, five years from now. Um, and it definitely happened way sooner than I would have ever Wow. I've ever dreamed. <laughs> That's so awesome. What is, um, what's your like next big revenue, revenue goal that you're trying to hit? Um, I don't know if I have an actual revenue grow as much as, um, you know, uh, returning customers and just in general, mm-hmm. maybe like, a a way of life. Like, I mean, I would definitely love to be able to own a house soon, um, and be able to, you know, we're looking into getting a bigger car, but not necessarily because I like the materialistic things, mainly because of necessity, you know, like I mm. mentioned, a Fiat is tiny and with, <laughs> yeah. you know, we notice that 10 boxes is our max. So like things like that, that just need to happen because of the business and the mm-hmm. house is more of space slash I want a dog so <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> so it's more of like dreams of like things to you know impart better the business but also be more comfortable yeah no I love that and I'm sure you're gonna get there <laughs> probably this year sooner than later so that's so <laughs> awesome I'm so happy for you thank you yeah what would you say has been one of like the biggest mistakes you've made in your business and how did you grow from it Yeah. So, um, I believe that my biggest mistake was just, um, it's going to sound cliche, but like not, not believing in myself as much as others believed in me. Um, so with that, it's kind of, I touched a little bit on it earlier, but I, my confidence, you know, in my craft and in what I was doing was just not the highest. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I I knew that I loved the designs, but it was always a const- constant battle of like, will others like it? Will others buy it? Um, you know, you just, there is no book manual of how to run your business. And it's, it's really hard to have confidence in yourself. And, um, Others always, you know, would say, like, I have a really supportive family, and they would constantly say, you know, you're going to get there. Um, I see you doing big things. I see you selling to, you know, artists, or I see you selling X amount of nails in a month. And I just couldn't see it. You know, I, I like I said, I dreamed big, but it was hard for me to realize I'm actually doing it and it's happening. Um, And I feel like if I would have um, realized that sooner, I would have been able to um, take more action. And in that, I probably mean um, hire people earlier on so that, you know, we Mm -hmm. would have been better prepared or um, 
being open to different ways of running my business. Um, a great example is Trello. I, I was so, I had heard about it in a podcast and I was pretty opposed to it because the way that they were mentioning it, it seemed like you had to have employees and it was a way to be on track of your employees and what they were doing and things like that. And I was just like, that's, I'm not there yet. That's not going to help mm. me. Um, I was writing, believe it or not, everything in a planner, which isn't the best. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and, oh my yeah, gosh. yeah. And if I show you a picture of that planner, it had like orders all over the place around the sides because they didn't fit anymore. And I was refusing <laughs> to try Trello or any other program. Um, and with that, I mean that if I would have believed and known that, hey, I know I'm going to get here and I'm going to get here in a month from now. I would have had to be thinking of ways to improve and, and be open to the fact that, hey, this is going to help me. And if it doesn't, try something else. Um, so I think that that goes a long way. And, and I know that now I've been more open to change and change sooner than I think I need it because I'm looking to the future a lot more. Oh, I love that. I mean, I feel like, you know, a lot of us can be stubborn in the beginning, especially as a creative where like, you feel like you have to do everything and it's like, you have to do it like your, your way, like, mm-hmm. cause you feel like that's the right way. But then once you start, you know, expanding or like even hiring your first like assistant or employee, you're like, oh man, why didn't I do this sooner? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what was I even thinking? Um, so I think everything you said, um, it's really cool that you're able to kind of grow from those things and the people listening can grow from that too. Yeah. 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 Um, how do you think we as a creative community can annihilate the status quo of the starving artist? I think you just have to put yourself out there. I think that you have to be willing to put in the work. Um, You know, it wasn't always easy. There was a lot of, you know, I had my day job. I came home. I was up till one or two in the morning and I had to be up at six. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you it's it's you're going to get there. And some people get there sooner, even though they're working just as hard. And that's just I don't know you know, I don't know if it's luck. I don't know if you did something, you know, in your journey or earlier on that helped you get there faster. But I do know that you're not going to get anywhere if you don't, if you don't just work, if you don't want it bad enough. Um, And I feel like you hear that a lot. And a lot of of people who, you know, maybe reach out to me and want to do this business, um, want all the answers and Mm -hmm. I'm all for sharing, but I also believe that you have to be willing to look at all this. You mentioned YouTube university, you know, it's Mm -hmm. out there and, um, you, you show everyone a lot and you show yourself a lot by, um, you know, learning and finding out finding this out yourself and learning from your mistakes because I'm not going to tell you that I wrought, I bought the right product the first time maybe <laughs> it took me you know a couple months or a couple yeah. hundred dollars but I learned from that and I knew why I wasn't going to use that material anymore but if you just jump through that you you may not know and if you know, the material you normally use isn't available, you may choose to go the other route because you never knew the reasons why you couldn't use it. Um, so I feel like it's very important to, to, do your, to do your own research, to, you know, put in the hard work, um, to put in the long hours, and it, it'll show in the future, you know, you'll get there. 
Oh, that's such good advice. I, I love everything that you just said. <laughs> um, and then I meant to ask this earlier when we were talking about like you marketing um, and using social media. Do you actually use uh, advertising at all, like Instagram ads or anything like that? Um, so I have, but not successfully. <laughs> mm. um, or at least I don't think it has been as successful. I also haven't put in, you know, a lot of money into it. Mm-hmm. I've kind of just tested it out, but, um, you know, the back end of Shopify and Instagram lets you know how many clicks or where people are coming from. So you're able yeah. to see if it worked. And I don't believe it did at least not monetary. I feel like certain ones I've done maybe four ads ran for like maybe a week or a couple of days. Um, and I maybe saw more interaction, maybe more followers or more people going to the website, but I didn't necessarily see sales and that may be on my end for, you know, putting in more money into it, um, or just not really knowing how to really do it successfully. Um, but I've also seen that just by me posting on, on Instagram or just being more active, I'm able to see a lot more traction to my website that way. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Good to know what your experience has been like. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So do you have any last parting tips or advice for that gang star that's listening that may be doing the same thing you're doing or has like a product that they're selling um, and they're trying to grow their business and take it to the next level? Yeah. um, So I would just say just constantly be willing to learn. Um, You're never going to be, you know, uh, know it all and and perfect every single aspect of your business. There's always ways to grow and to implement new processes into your business that, you know, they may not help you or they, you may not see the help right away, but um, it's, it's for you to allow change and, and that will help you grow in the long run. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So (laughs) my last question for you, which is always kind of a a bummer because of what's everything going on. um, But I guess it really isn't a bummer for you since the pandemic is probably like more beneficial for your kind of business. But I always like to ask like, what's next for you? Like, would you have anything exciting that people can look forward to? Do you have any upcoming projects you're excited about or any new goals that you're achieving or doing that people can look forward to seeing from you? Mm-hmm. What's next is I want to be able to, you know, shorten my, my processing time. I want to be able to put out a lot more new and exciting designs that I have actually been holding off because of everything that's going on and how busy I've been. Um, and I want to be able to um, offer more ready-to-ship designs um, with more time. I'm, I'll be able to kind of bulk make those um and be able to offer them for customers not to have to wait as long. Um, and other than that, I'm just looking forward to continuing the growth, to continue to, um, uh, you know, reach a bigger audience and bigger customer base and um, show them a lot more behind the scenes. I am looking into starting a YouTube channel soon so that, Yay. yeah, so that they're able to see a lot more behind the scenes and just raw content of what it's the craziness that is, you know, still working from home, not having an HQ or something like that, but yet we're making it work. I love it. That's awesome. Well, thank you for your time and sharing all, literally you pulled the curtain back on your business and shared so many awesome things. And I know people are going to take a lot of 
great takeaways from everything that you said. Um, and I know you said you were nervous in the beginning of the <laughs> podcast, but girl, you killed it. And I know that everyone listening um, really probably most likely enjoyed listening to everything that you had to say. So thank you so much for joining me and thank you for your time and sharing everything with the Gangstar listeners. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, listen to a couple more episodes and share it with a fellow Gangstar creative. I would also be forever grateful if you left a review letting me know what you loved and what you'd like to hear more of. And as a thank you for leaving me a review, I'll gift you both my 10 ways to create a Gangstar brand PDF and five ways to boost your online sales PDFs. Just screenshot your review and DM me the picture on Instagram at Devonna Stimson and I'll send it right over to you. Until next time, cheers to annihilating the status quo of the starving artist.